Okay. If you'd like to draw your conversations to a close. And uh, if you have a Bible, it would be helpful to um, open it to uh, the book of John. We do have Bibles uh, at the front and at the back. So this is your moment to, to get a Bible and have one in front of you if you don't have one already. Um, last week, we had the opportunity to go out to Wareham Forest, uh, Forest to go mushroom foraging. Anyone been mushroom foraging before? A couple of, couple of people. It's first first time. Um, what I didn't realize um, is that there are 15,000 types of wild mushrooms um, out there, um, which is exciting. Um, also, what makes mushroom foraging even more exciting is some are edible, some are inedible, and some are poisonous. Um, so I thought this morning we'd play a fun game of edible, inedible, poisonous. Um, with, and we'll test your mushroom knowledge this morning. Um, so, uh, first, first mushroom on the, on the screen, please. Um, hands up if you'd eat this mushroom. Some people very confident would eat that mushroom. Um, anyone know what it's called, actually? Mushroom, yeah, very good. Um, this is an oyster mushroom, and it is... Edible. Yeah, you can eat this one. Um, apparently, it has a delicate taste. I don't know how you decide something like that, but it has a, a delicate taste. Um, next one, next mushroom. Um, hands up if you'd eat that one. Anyone? Anyone brave enough to eat that mushroom? No. Very wise, very wise. Um, anyone know what this one's called? Po it's called poisonous. Yes, very good. It's not a strawberry, no. That is a mushroom. <laughs> it's not a strawberry. It's a fly agaric. Fly, yeah. Um, I've got three more of these, just so you know. <laughs> this is going to be a high point of the week, isn't it? Um, this one is chicken of the woods. Um, chicken of the woods. Who would eat this one? Strong showing across the back. Some people here... Um, yes, you can eat this one. It is edible, especially when young, but apparently it may cause an allergic reaction. Uh, I've no further details of when it might cause a, an allergic reaction, but there we go. Chicken of the woods. Um, next one. Oh, a, a, a real tangible response to that one. Anyone, anyone eat this one? No? Good. This is, this is called Devil's Fingers. Um, although, despite its appearance, it's not toxic, so it won't kill you, which is a bonus. Um, but it does have an unple unpleasant texture, and, and its smell means that it's largely inedible. Largely inedible. I don't know how it can be largely inedible. I'm sure it's inedible or not, but there we go. And then the last one. Anyone eat this one? We have some confidence hands right at the very back. Is that because you've been reading my notes? Um, this is an amethyst deceiver, um, and we collected quite a few of these um, last week, so I'm hoping that they are edible. Um, I'm still here, so they are. But you do need to be careful, as it resembles the poisonous lilac fibre cap. There we go. Um, so do you feel suitably built up, encouraged, strengthened, equipped to face your week now? <laughs> Hopefully so. Um, you, you will be pleased to know that when we went out, 
to pick, we were able to pick these mushrooms, cook and eat them with full confidence uh, because we had this guy with us. Uh, this guy is Giuseppe. Um, he runs the Olive Tree Cookery School, and we went for a mushroom foraging and cooking day. And so he led us out into the woods. Um, he told us what to look out for, and we had multiple times, Giuseppe, can we eat this one? He's like, yes or no, and throw them as far as you can into the woods. Uh, he later then, we went back to the cookery school, and he showed us all these different books to help us further increase our knowledge of, of mushrooms. Um, but even so, I've been out walking uh, since then, seen mushrooms, but to be honest, I just don't want to risk it, because 15,000 types of mushrooms, um, and they all look very similar, or many of them ve look very similar. But it really has that, that real difference to have someone with you who knows what they're doing, and that we can go and say, Giuseppe, is this right? And he'll say yes or no. Today, we're in John chapter 16. Anyone guessed the link um, from, from Giuseppe into the book of John? Um, what we're going to be looking at is how having the Holy Spirit with us, alongside us, is transformational. Because we have someone who will help us, not just to point out the right mushrooms that will um, give us good food to eat. We have someone alongside us and with us who points the way of life. Someone who is alongside to bring comfort into our daily lives. But as, uh, as Chris helpfully brought earlier on, not that we'll be comfortable. We have the Holy Spirit with us because we are on a, a mission. We are extending God's kingdom and he's called us for a purpose. The Holy Spirit is with us so that we can know comfort, but not so that we are comfortable. Just as Giuseppe was with us, guiding us through the undergrowth, through the woods, we still had to get our hands dirty. We still had to find the mushrooms, get down, pick them, uh, fight our way through the, through the rain. But it was worth it for the feast that we were able to eat afterwards. And for us to do all that God is calling us to as a church... We need to be those that are confident in the Holy Spirit that is with us, leading us on. We're to know that we have this big call, and as we are in the book of John, we need to remember the context. So uh, Jesus um, is uh, preparing his disciples that he's going to go to the cross. He's preparing for his death and resurrection. We've already seen how the disciples are to be serving one another, washing uh, one another's feet. And now Jesus is preparing for the fact that, G uh, that he is going to go and that they are to continue his call and his mission. Jesus equips us for every situation, but he doesn't call us to an easy life. So we're going to read from uh, John, the end of John 15, um, page 1084. Um, if you turn there in your, in your Bibles, um, up to John 16, verse 15, and ask my mum to come and read the passage for us. When the Advocate comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father... He will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. 
They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Thank you. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence with us. And we pray this morning that we have hearts open to hear what you would say and that we will be responding in faith to your truth and for your glory, we pray. Amen. Amen. So as we explore this passage this morning, I want us to see that the Holy Spirit is at work here today and in this room. He's drawing us into a relationship with the living God, bringing comfort, but also making sure that we don't get too comfortable and lose a radical devotion to Jesus. So the first thing I'd like us to explore is that through the Spirit, we know the Father's love. Through the Spirit, we know the Father's love. So read uh, verse 26, the beginning of our passage says, When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you must also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning." We see in these verses each person of the Trinity at work, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit in perfect unity. The Spirit, referred to here as the Advocate, is sent by the Father and the Son. And it's through the Spirit that we are drawn into relationship with the living God. Now, the Trinity is something that we can easily get confused by and can wonder, actually, is it, is it really important at all? Surely it's only something that that theologians really need to to worry about, not people like us living out a day-to-day Christian life. I like the way that uh, Michael Reeves phrases this question. He says, is Trinity important, or is it the sticky toffee pudding of faith? A nice way to round things off, or is it the main course? I wonder, what do you think? Is is Trinity the sticky toffee pudding of faith, or is it the main course? Well, Grasping more of the nature of God has a transforming effect on how we view life, how we view ourselves, 
how we see our call, our hope, who God is, and how we're to live each day. Understanding the Trinity affects how we pray, how we treat others, how we worship. In other words, it is fundamental and significant. And as good as sticky toffee pudding is, one of my favorites, the Trinity is so important for us to grasp and to understand and to live out the truth of We need to get hold of this truth as of primary importance and know the transforming impact of God as Father, Son, and Spirit. Here we see that the nature of God is that he is one, but there are three persons in perfect relationship. God has eternally existed in a community of self-giving love. God has always been faithful. He's always been loving. God's love is, is not static, nor is it impersonal. God doesn't need us for relationship because there is eternal relationship within the Godhead. God lacks nothing. He's not lonely. But the nature of God is that he loves relationship and that's why he's made us. He's created us out of the overflow of his love to know him and to bring glory to him. In no way does he need us. He's entirely self-sufficient, but it's out of this overflow of love that we're drawn into this relationship We don't have a God who has any insecurities. And instead, there's an invitation to know him by the Holy Spirit. And when we have the Holy Spirit in us, we can share in the love the Son shares with the Father. And crying out, it says in Galatians 4 verse 6, Abba, Father. This is a wonderful invitation for us. We can know God as our God. We can know the Father's perfect love. And this is life-changing truth. But it's important to know that there are distinctive relationships in the Trinity. Um, Reeves, again, has another food analogy. He says, once you puree the persons, it becomes impossible to taste their gospel. Once you puree the persons, it becomes impossible to taste their gospel. Because if there weren't distinct persons, then we couldn't be drawn into relationship with, with the Father through the Son. And the essence of the gospel is seen as we understand the Trinity. We come to the Father through the Son and by the Spirit. As we um, read just now, it says that the Spirit is an advocate and he testifies. The author Tim Chester says that without the Spirit of the Son, we wouldn't pray. He says, if you don't believe me, then try this. Right now, wherever you are, ask the Presidents of the United States for a gift. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say what you'd ask for the President of America for? Go on. What would you ask the President for if you could right now? Okay. Sounds like you've got a, a lot to ask the, the President for. Um, Tim Chester Chester goes on to say, it is, of course, a ridiculous thing to do. He's not there with you, and even if he were, he would have no reason to respond. Yeah, listen to this. Yet Christians routinely do something even more preposterous. We ask the King of Heaven to give us gifts with every expectation that he can and he will hear us. Why? Because the Spirit of God testifies to our spirits that we are God's children and prompts us to call on God as our Father. 
This is amazing, isn't it? This is amazing truth that we live in, that we can call on the living God with confidence. We know the Almighty God. We experience the Father's love, and the Spirit testifies to this. And as the Spirit testifies, so must we. As we live transformed by relationship with the living God, as we experience the Father's love, we must be those that testify to it and draw others into relationship as well. We're to carry on the mission of Jesus. But how do we do this? How can we carry on the mission of Jesus? He lived the perfect life. He did miracles. He only did what he saw the Father doing. Surely, if we try to carry on the mission of Jesus, we're bound to fail. It'd be like taking to the stage after, to sing after Taylor Swift. I think there's no chance of us topping that. Or trying to write a play um, on the back of Shakespeare, trying to do something um, of that level and standard. How could we possibly carry on the mission after Jesus? Well, the answer is in Acts 1, verse 8. Jesus says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Throughout the book of Acts, we see ordinary people empowered by the Holy Spirit bringing hope to the world. Because following Jesus isn't a spectator sport. The Spirit draws us into the comfort of the Father's love. But we are not meant to be comfortable. We are fully equipped to call people into God's story. And the Spirit-inspired Word of God helps us with this, and it helps us to know the big picture of what we are calling people to come along with us into. It's important for us to know how the mission of Jesus, the mission of God, is at work in the world. Andrew Ollerton's written a, a really helpful book on the Bible, and he summarizes the kind of sweep of Scripture with a few words. Uh, if we can have that slide up, Lou, that would be great. Um, it says that Scripture begins in Genesis um, by addressing our origins and shows our desire for meaning. And then through the Exodus, it shows that we're on a quest for freedom. In the exile, we see our hearts cry for peace. And when the Messiah comes in the Gospels, it shows our need for love. Then the Spirit demonstrates our thirst for community. And then Scripture depicts the future hope where we see our longing for home. And this is so helpful as we think, what, what are we bringing? What can we bring to the world? What do we have to testify to? Well, we have an invitation to draw people into a place of, of meaning, of freedom, of peace, of love, of community, of home. If we go amongst our friends and neighbors and say, would you love to know that understanding of, of meaning? Would you love to know the deepest peace? Would you love to be drawn into community and know true home? That's what Jesus calls us into. That's what the Spirit testifies to in us and anoints and equips us to go and do. We need to be those that are taking action, not only calling people into this truth, but living in the good of it day by day. And this is what the Spirit helps us to do. We're to be extending the welcome of the gospel here at Gateway, and we do this in the Spirit's power. And all the time, we are pointing them to Jesus. And that's the second thing I'd love us to spend some time exploring, that through the Spirit, we know Jesus with us. Verse 6 in the 
John 16 says, Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things to you. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Disciples are filled with grief. They had left everything to follow Jesus. They traveled around the the Judean countryside with him. They'd been alongside him. They'd given up everything. And now Jesus says, I'm going away. Just put yourself in their position for a moment. How how would you feel? Giving everything for him. And now Jesus says, I'm going. They would have felt bereft. The disciples had many questions. They would have been filled with grief. But in verse 7, we see that it's for their good and for our good that Jesus goes. You may need to know this truth today, that Jesus is working for your good. You may be facing a challenge. You may have deep questions, wondering, is, is Jesus really for me? It's a wonderful comfort and a wonderful strength knowing that Jesus is working for your good. And you don't need to know exactly how it will all work out. You don't need to know all the whys, but you do need to know that he is working for your good. Here Jesus is going to say that the advocate will come. As after Jesus' death and resurrection that the Spirit comes, the advocate, the helper, the comforter. When Jesus was on earth, he was limited to one place and at one time. However, with the Spirit being poured out, we can all know the presence of Jesus with us. And the Spirit hears, uh, speaks what he hears, and he points us to Jesus. Bruno, in his commentary, says, The more we are filled with the Spirit, the more we are centered on Jesus, his words, his deeds, and, passion, and his passions. When we have the Spirit, we have Jesus with us. I don't know if you've ever been out recently and uh, you look at your phone uh, and it says, no signal. And it, I don't know what goes through your mind at that moment. But you feel a little bit in this day and age incredulous as how that might happen. Because you feel that either mobile signal or Wi-Fi is uh, a human right. That's what it feels like, doesn't it? And then you're kind of in distress, particularly maybe for you in the younger generation, if you don't have... Um, any service and no Wi-Fi signal. As you notice, in this building, there's very little service. I'd like to say that was a design intention to help you focus um, when you're here, uh, but it's just been a happy byproduct of this building and insulation. Um, but, but nowadays, you, you don't know what to do. Uh, when we first were getting mobile phones, we were quite used to that, weren't we? Getting no service, and so you kind of... And then try standing on one leg to try and get that kind of one bar so you, if you're waiting for a message to come through, or even um, you'd have to clear some of your messages because you'd only allow 10 text messages. Do you remember those days? You had 10 text messages and you had to clear some of them. You keep your favorite ones, but you clear a few so that you could get that message coming through. Um, it's a very strange experience for us to feel out of range and disconnected. But what we're to know that through the Spirit, We know Jesus is with us. He is never out of range. He's never out of range. Whatever it feels like for us, he is never out of range. The the disciples would have loved Jesus to stay. 
But Jesus' purpose was something bigger. God's presence with each one of us, each and every day, everywhere we go. I wonder, do you know the presence of Jesus with you? Do you know the work of the Spirit with you daily, or does God feel far off? He wants us to know him. And we'll have a chance to pray later on. You may never have felt the presence of the Spirit and think, yeah, I'd really like that. Or, or equally, you might have questions, and we'd love to, to talk with you about that and help you understand more of who the Holy Spirit is and, and what he does. But we'd love to have the opportunity to pray, and we'll do so later on. But have you noticed in life that when there are moments of joy and sorrow, we look for closeness in times of celebration, maybe a, a nation may have won a Rugby World Cup or something like that may have happened. In those moments, there's real jubilation. There's kind of players hugging one another on the pitch. It feels strange, wouldn't it, if they just kind of stood as far apart as possible and just kind of stood there and said, well done. There's an overflow, isn't it? There's a closeness. Equally, in times of, of sorrow and sadness, you come, you put an arm around you, you take a hand. And actually, it doesn't in some ways, do anything. that You're no more present when there's that closeness to that touch than um, if you, you didn't make any contact at all. But we, there's something in that moment of knowing the closeness and nearness. And similar with the Holy Spirit. We're to know the presence of God. We're to feel a tangible difference of him with us, knowing that Jesus is never out of range and that he is close. The presence of God also brings transformation to our lives. At Mount Sinai, in Exodus, God appears as the Ten Commandments are given. The people are overwhelmed by the holiness of God. They realize his power and his majesty. And they see they have no right to stand before him because of his awesome holiness. When confronted by the reality of God, our perspective changes and today, people claim that they can determine what is sin, what is right and wrong. They can uh, decide their own standard of righteousness and where judgment is, is properly expressed. But the Spirit brings the truth of Jesus into a dark world. Let's have a look in verse 8 to 11. When he comes, when the Spirit comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. So the Spirit is at work, and it proves the world in the wrong about sin. As people don't believe in Jesus, they don't believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life. If they did, they would turn to him. The Holy Spirit comes to bring people to recognize their need of Jesus, to recognize their need of a Savior, knowing that they all fall short. No one can reach the holiness, the standard of God. They need a Savior. The Spirit comes, shows that we are in the wrong about, judgment, uh, about righteousness, because it's not about looking good. It's not keeping up appearances. It's not just following religious rules, such as the Sabbath or, or purity rituals. Righteousness is by faith and not by works. And it comes about by the work of the Son who is at the right hand of the Father. 
And then the Spirit comes to show that the world is in the wrong about judgment because this world follows the way of Satan. The prince of the world is now condemned. Jesus has triumphed and exposed the devil, showing that the devil is a liar from the beginning. And the Spirit comes and illuminates this truth. So Jesus wants his disciples to be ready in this challenging world. The Spirit is sent that we will always know Jesus with us, but to know that there will be opposition from the world. Verse 1, uh, Jesus says, All this I've told you so that you will not fall away. He knows that there will be challenge. He knows that there will be difficulty. Paul faced 39 lashes five times because of proclaiming Jesus. In the 20th century, 26 million Christians lost their, lost their lives for Christ's sake. William Tyndale, who gave us the English Bible, said regarding his persecution, I never expected anything else. That's a challenge, isn't it? Do we have that same mentality and mindset? Do we expect opposition and challenge? Not that we go looking for it, but as filled with the Spirit, looking to Jesus, we follow him. There will be challenge. There will be opposition. 1 Peter 4, verse 12 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come to test you, as though something strange will happen to you, but rejoice inasmuch you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. When we're all in for Jesus, when we're following him wholeheartedly, then we will know challenge and opposition. I wonder, are we surrendered in this way? Do we see maybe as much persecution and challenge as, as we should if we are wholeheartedly for him? We have confidence in every situation. We have the Spirit with us who equips us, helps us to look to Jesus in all things, to keep our eyes focused on him. And then thirdly, we see that in each situation, that through the Spirit, we can know daily help. Let's read the last bit of the passage for this morning from verse 12. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears. And he will tell you what is to come, what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Jesus knows what we need. He knows what we can bear. The disciples couldn't conceive what was going to happen in those coming few days as Jesus was crucified and raised to life. But as these events unfolded, the Spirit was poured out and they knew the living God with them and guiding them. And we know this same help from the living God today. The Spirit is our helper. And so it might be this morning that you feel overwhelmed by a situation, unsure about which way to turn. We have the help of the living God with us. I love the words of Psalm 121, which says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He is the one that is alongside. He is our helper. He is the Lord over everything. So what help do we need to know from God? What help does the Spirit provide? 
where he helps us to know that he is sovereign over all things. In those challenging moments and difficult times, we know that he is sovereign. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He knows from the end, from the beginning, and he has perfect timing. He knew when to send the Son. He knew when to send the Spirit. Also, we know that he watches over us. goes on in uh, Psalm 121. says, The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The Lord will keep you from harm. He will watch over your life. We are known and we are loved by the living God. And the Spirit enables us to stay close to Jesus, to know his presence with us. The Spirit brings the truth of Scripture alive to us and enables us to grow and receive revelation. The Spirit guides us also into truth. On our mushroom foraging day, if Giuseppe said that mushroom was edible, then we took that as truth. We trusted him. We said, yes, we can eat that. It will be good for us. And if God's word says it, then we can know it's true and it's good for us. We're to believe truth, the Spirit-inspired word of God. The Spirit guides us into truth, and he leads us on, and he gives us uh, everything that we need to live in each situation. So what I'd love to do in a moment is have a moment to allow the Spirit to come, for us to know his power with us. And as I said, you, you may be unsure about this, or you may feel a little bit distant from God. So I'm just going to run through a, a few things to help us to receive the power of God this morning. Um, firstly, how do we know more of the Spirit? We need to have faith. We need to have faith. Galatians 3 verse 5 says, Does God give you a Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? So we don't need to receive... Uh, attain a certain standard. We don't need to have, as um, Matthew was encouraging us earlier, we don't need to have a, a brilliant week to be able to come before God. It's not based on what we have done. It's based on our trust in Jesus. But we do need to have repentance. Acts 2, verse 38, Peter says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So we do need to come with repentance. This promise is for all, for everyone, all who are far off. That includes everyone here. But it might be in a moment, you do need to take a moment of repentance. If you know you're walking in a way which is not pleasing to God, you may need to take a moment of repentance. And then thirdly, there's obedience. Acts 5.32 says, We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. It might be here this morning, you need to take a step of obedience, of trust, of full submission, of forgiveness. It might be baptism. You might here this morning know and love Jesus, but haven't taken the step of baptism and saying, I put my full trust in you. We'd love to help you explore more of that. And then this thirst. Remember in John 7, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. We asked this morning, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Does this really matter to you? Do you want the power and the presence of God? Do you want to know more of him? And it, 
it's important to come with honesty. If you're not thirsty, that's a, a point of response for you as well. You may love to be thirsty. Say, God, I'm, I'm not thirsty. I want to come. Give you a greater thirst for you. And then the, the last two things, and then we'll pray. It says, ask. Luke 11, verse 13 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him? Often we, we don't have because we don't ask. And then receive. Acts 4, 31. After they prayed, the place where their meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. We're to expect, we're to receive, and to go on being filled, not on a, a one-off occasion, and to know that it will be an impact and effect in our life. So in a moment, we'll have an opportunity to pray. Maybe you want to be filled with the Spirit for the first time, or maybe you want to have a, a, a desire to be filled. And maybe you want to step out further or help other people to know more of the presence of God. So can I encourage you to stand till we get the, uh, the band back up, Let's take a moment to pray. You might want to close your eyes. You might want to raise your hands as a sign of, of receiving. If you're receiving something, you hold out your hands as a, a, a physical act. Physical acts often really help us as we respond to God. Lord, we thank you that you are present with us. We thank you that we can know the Father's love. Thank you that we can know closeness with Jesus every day. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. You're here to bring comfort. You're here to bring strength. You're here to be alongside us. And so, Lord, I pray in, in this room that there will be that response of faith, knowing that you love to be amongst us. You love for us to know you and to be strengthened. And Lord, if there's anything in this room that we need to repent of, we just bring that before you. We lay it at the foot of the cross. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are faithful to forgive as we come and repent. Lord, in this place, I pray for submission, hearts of obedience to follow after you, to thirst for you, to ask with boldness, and to receive your spirit. We thank you that you supply all things. And Lord, we take this moment to wait on you to know your presence and to know transformation in our hearts that we may live for your glory and tell of all you've done. And as we respond now, as we wait, we ask when you come by your spirit, say you're welcome here. Come have your way.